1: Government sucks at doing stuff.
0: You're listening to The Pursuit of Happiness Radio. Good for you. The government are a bunch of clowns. The Pursuit of Happiness Radio. Guns don't kill people. The government does. The Pursuit of Happiness Radio. The
1: American government lies to you. The Pursuit of Happiness Radio. It's the government, all right? People don't work there because they're geniuses.
0: The Pursuit of Happiness Radio.
1: We have less brains in Washington right now than we've ever had since we've been a nation. Stormy Daniels is in the lead, but coming up from behind is Cleveland Steamer. On the far outside, it's Reach Around, followed by Rub and Tug. Glass Bottom Boat is leading from way into the inside, but Stormy Daniels is still well in the lead. Now, coming up from behind, here comes Christine Blassie Ford. Wow! She's really moving quick. Cleveland Steamer and Stormy Daniels are both starting to lose their grip on the lead with Glass Bottom Boat Ride falling behind. Christine Blassey Ford coming up strong, and they're quickly approaching the finish line. It looks like it could be a photo finish. Almost there, and at the finish line, it's Christine Blassie Ford in first. Cleveland Steamer in second. Ruben Tug takes third, reach around and fourth and Stormy Daniels finishes last. Wow, what a race. Uh-oh. Reason.com today reporting on something that's going to make your head spin. If you're not a big fan of eminent domain. I mean, how could you be? How could anybody be okay with the government legally stealing things? I mean, it'll piss you off when you hear about what just happened in San Antonio. Moses Roses, this news story involving a bar owner at the Alamo, having his property taken away from him by the government to build a parking garage for a museum for the Alamo. Remember the point of the Alamo was you can't take our land? Wasn't that the whole message? The founding fathers of Texas would be rolling in their graves if they knew about this. Well, something similar is happening in Tennessee right now. One of the nation's largest automakers has some big plans for electric vehicles. Ford Motor Company back in 2021 made this big announcement. We're going to build $11.4 billion worth of electric vehicles in places like Tennessee and Kentucky. We're going to do two EV battery factories. The auto giant's going to build a $5.6 billion mega campus in West Tennessee named Blue Oval City. It's going to be the bee's knees. We're going to give jobs to 5,800 people. One problem. The land we're going to build this on. Yeah, they don't they don't want to give it up. <laughs> they're, they're, no, the land is owned by a bunch of black farmers. In return for picking Tennessee, state lawmakers overwhelmingly approved legislation that would grant Ford $884 million in state incentives. Now, that includes a $500 million grant from the state's current budget surplus and a $384 million grant for site preparation, including $200 million for road improvements and $138 million for infrastructure and demolition services. The state's going to give the company all of that. Are we sure this is even worth it? The bill also appropriated, uh, what is it, the, uh, excuse me, apportioned, that's what they call it, $745,000 to fund the Megasite Authority of West Tennessee. It's an 11-person board with the power to execute contracts on behalf of the development. Basically, it can take privately owned land via eminent domain and uh, give it over to Ford in order to facilitate construction of this facility. So. The state's planning to seize privately owned farmland while only paying a tiny little sliver of the value to the owners, what they call fair market value. Well, hang on a minute. If this is worth billions of dollars, I mean, literally billions of dollars in this project here, and you want to use our land, then shouldn't we get to pick the price? I mean, that's what I would say if I was the farmer. In order to reach the new facility, a North Carolina Department of Transportation plan to build a highway interchange plus a road leading from the interstate to Blue Oval city needs to take place. So the path that the state chose for the road cuts through an area of farmland whose residents are disproportionately black farmers. Of the 35 total tracts of land affected, the state still needs 20. It has filed seven lawsuits so far. So there's a black guy there named Ray Jones. Ray Jones, Ray seems like a good guy. They want to take away his land. While land in the area sells for $200,000 an acre, they've offered him $8,000 for an acre. Guys, my cousin is a farmer in Illinois right now, and he's trying to buy some farmland near, near the property where he's currently growing corn and soy crop. And he's explained to me that land, farmland is selling at such high volume. The, the cost of the, the farmland is selling, selling at such high numbers right now. That even though he has a relatively successful farm, and this farmland is right next to his farm, he can't afford to buy it. The government is picking the price in Tennessee. But it's not the real market value. The real market value is over $200,000. The government says $8,000 because they're looking at numbers from a decade ago. So Ray Jones is involved in this lawsuit, and so are some other people. A guy named Marvin Sanderlin. They want to take about 10 acres from this guy. And you might think, well, it's not a lot of acreage, but look, to him, it's worth a lot of money. Ironically, uh, uh, Ray and Marvin both support the plant. They're optimistic that it'll bring commerce to the area. They just don't want to hand over their land for pennies on the dollar. And, you know, this isn't the only place where this happens. Tennessee is not alone. Over in North Carolina, a Vietnamese automaker company called VinFast is building an EV factory on rural land and uh, that 1.2 billion dollars is what's being provided in financial incentives and wouldn't you know it the north carolina government is currently trying to take 27 homes five businesses and a church using eminent domain to build factories for electric vehicles that nobody's going to want to buy or drive Now that suck it's bad enough when a state decides to give hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer money to companies worth billions but It's even worse to seize land from private hands simply because the state feels that company should use it instead. But that's exactly what they're doing, and nobody cares. Eminent domain is legal theft. It is the government stepping in, taking your land. They're not compensating you for what it's worth. And in exchange, they're giving you a giant middle finger. You know, this is one of the most un-American things that's happening right now. I mean, we started this segment by talking about Moses Rose's. We can't pretend like this doesn't happen in Texas. It's happening at the place where we're supposed to build the Alamo. I don't know what it will take to convince Republicans that they need to stop acting like Democrats, but the current Republican Party is not serving us in the state of Texas, in the state of Tennessee, certainly not in New York. You hear Josh Howley, a senator from Missouri, complaining about the weaponization of our judicial system. Okay, great. What are you going to do about it? I don't think you're doing anything. The Democrats are destroying America and the Republicans are letting it happen. Elections have consequences. Pursuit of Happiness Radio. This is Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness on KPRC 950, Houston. you're in the world of, well, I work in the media, you know that, don't hold it against me. I consider myself to be something of a fact checker to journalists and reporters. And I, I do the fact checking just simply by searching the internet to see if there's something that obviously contradicts what they're doing. You know, it's, it's what we do. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a reporter. Some of you might say, well, Kenny, aren't you kind of a broadcast journalist? Okay, in the sense that I broadcast the news, fine, sure, whatever. But, you know, mostly what we do here is... We try to entertain you while you're stuck in traffic and give you news and entertainment that's interesting to you. We, we, we try to mix it up. It's not uh We're not just serving cheeseburgers every day. We give you a little variety. Some days it's a little funnier than others. Some days it's a little more serious. But one thing I try not to do on this radio show too much is overindulge. Overindulging would be when I dive into a story that you probably don't care about, but I'm obsessed with it. You know, a lot of thought goes into deciding what news stories we're going to cover on the show. I try to think about if the audience likes it, if I care about it, will my program director be cool with me doing this on the show? And how do the advertisers feel about it? I mean, you know, there's a bunch of local businesses. This isn't like a big corporate sponsored radio show. Most of our advertisers are local companies, but we try to make sure that we partner with brands that believe in our values. And so we're very proud to do that. And Anyway, I say all that to make this point. As somebody that works in the media, I'm fascinated by what goes on at the at opposition media outlets, at, at liberal news sources, like the Houston Chronicle, for example. I'm very interested in what they're doing. But I realize some of you might not actually care what goes on at, say, the Washington Post, for example. You just know it's a news outlet that lies to people. Of all the news outlets that I'm fascinated with that I don't expect you to care about as much as I do, because... You know, you to your credit, you probably don't work in the media. It's not your fault. You don't care about my the internal goings-on of my industry as I do. One place that just fascinates me is CNN. CNN was kind of like Disney. It was too big to fail right up until it did. CNN was supposed to be the nonpartisan news outlet. And one day they realized if they would just mirror or mimic the MSNBC business model, go after Trump, scare people with Trump news, people would be more likely to tune in than if they just showed you video footage from police chases and stuff like that you know actual news there was a shooting today in downtown Seattle there was a you know a robbery in Detroit whatever and so there's a report today at Breitbart.com and they talk about what just happened at CNN CNN appears to be moving to get rid of Don Lemon now again I don't expect you to care about this as much as I do but let me try to convince you that you should the liberal media has tried to make the world... They've tried to make Don Lemon care about... They've tried to make the world care about Don Lemon. Don Lemon is black. He's very liberal. He's gay. he's all the, He checks off all the boxes of things that they would want from a media star. He's articulate, they claim. But he's kind of a moron. I mean, remember when there was that downed Malaysian airplane? CNN's Don Lemon actually seriously asked on his show if that plane disappeared because of a black hole? No, really, uh, uh, roll the tape if you don't don't believe me.
0: What if it was hijacking or terrorism or mechanical failure or pilot error, but what if it was something fully that we don't really understand? A lot of people have been asking about that, about black holes and on and on and on and all of these conspiracy theories. Let's look at this. Uh, Noah says, what else can you think about? Black hole, Bermuda Triangle. And then Deji says, "Huh? just like the movie Lost. And of course... It's also they're also referencing the Twilight Zone, which has a very similar plot. That's what people are saying. I know it's preposterous, but it, is it preposterous, you think, Mary? Well, it is a black hole's about, you know, a small black hole would suck in our entire universe. Stop.
1: We- <laughs> Come on, <laughs> guys. This is a serious journalist at CNN. Well, in an obvious move to get rid of the failed morning news anchor Don Lemon, CNN planted a hit piece about him. At far-left Variety, they can't just fire the guy. They have to make everybody mad at him. It's not enough that he's not attracting viewers. They can't just fire a gay black guy that would bother people. Based on Variety's headline and the resulting social media storm, you get the impression that this story is the kill shot that will end Lemon's CNN career. And it might very well be that kill shot, but it's still a big fat nothing burger that doesn't live up to the headline. Recently, uh, Don Lemon had some controversy because he was, apparently he's rude to the women that he works with. He's He was kind of low-key sexist on the air, saying that women aren't interesting after they turn 40. We could break down the article a little bit. It's one-third stuff we already knew, one-third speculation, one-third people pretending to be offended over absolutely nothing. So here's Variety's anti-science headline. Headline don lemon's misogyny at cnn exposed malicious texts mocking female coworkers and diva-like behavior whoa 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 you can't describe a gay man as being a diva unless he describes himself that way then you have to do it because that's how he wants to be labeled now but to begin with though it's still a bit silly that they're doing this the malicious texts are only speculated to have come from lemon moreover the alleged incident happened all the way back in 2008 The whole episode is framed under the assumption Lemon disliked his then co-host, Kyra Phillips, only because she's a woman. And there's no proof of that. Then we're told he sent her a cryptic text that reads, quote, now you've crossed the line, you're going to pay for it, end quote. Variety claims the text was traced back to Don Lemon, but they don't offer any proof. And we're not told the context of the text. They could have been talking about a chess game they were involved in or Pinochle or something. You're going to pay for that. You know, it's not quite the same thing as telling someone they're going to pay for that by ruining their career because you offended them in the office place. Don Lemon denies any of this happened, and CNN told, told Variety they cannot corroborate the alleged events from 15 years ago. Now, for the record, Don Lemon is also accused of being a <gasps> name dropper. Listen to this, uh, quote, example, a handwritten note from Stedman Graham that he had taped on his computer, end quote. The horror. Oh, my God. Women is accused of, I mean, man alive, how absurd is this? Quote, some were unnerved by his talk of his previous lawsuits, believing that it signaled that he was dangerous to work with. He frequently let drop that he successfully sued Tower Records, as well as the Chicago Police Department, for racial profiling and didn't need to worry about the money thanks to the settlements. End quote. Unnerved? And this kind of just proof that journalists are a bunch of babies. Look, for me to come out and defend Don Lemon, I, I don't care if CNN fires Don Lemon. But then it seemed like they're a little desperate to get rid of the guy, but they're they're tiptoeing around doing it here. He's accused of dating a 22 year old subordinate when he was 41. Now, dating a junior employee was frowned upon at the time. They claim in the report, frowned upon is not against the rules, and there's no allegation that the relationship interfered with work, but is this the same CNN where they recently had an executive leave in disgrace because he was dating his subordinates? A married woman, by the way. Don Lemon is accused of mocking Nancy Grace, which his colleagues found shocking. This happened before the next thing, so we're talking about more than 15 years ago. Nancy Grace hasn't worked for CNN or Headline News in a long time. Don Lemon is accused of suggesting, uh, what is it, Soledad O'Brien isn't really black during a staff phone call. That was 15 years ago um so yeah his diva-like behavior here here's an example of his diva-like behavior listen to this quote when he wasn't shocking his cohorts he was annoying them with diva-like behavior like skipping editorial calls showing up late to the newsroom or just generally exhibiting disengaged behavior in 2009 cnn was allowed to send one journalist into the staples center to cover the michael jackson memorial don lemon was the choice while anderson cooper and o'brien anchored outside Uh, sources remember lemon complaining on social media that cooper got more airtime end quote and then someone complains because don lemon once told black kids to pull up their pants apparently giving good advice violates cnn's policies isn't that weird by the way he did do that don lemon once years ago went on tv and said that he didn't want to look at black men's underwear someone complains don lemon's neglecting important stories affecting the black community Then old scandals are dredged up, like the time he told Bill Cosby's rape accuser that she could have stopped an attack by biting the comedian's genitals. That was nine years ago. Now I get it. That was in poor taste, but why didn't they fire him then? The only legitimate complaint comes from twenty twenty one when Don Lemon was caught warning convicted race hoaxer Jesse Smollett that the police didn't believe his story about being attacked by Trump supporters. But That sin pales in comparison to CNN serial liar Jake Tapper getting caught interfering in a consequential congressional election and then lying about that. So here's what this is all about. CNN wants to fire Don, but they can't fire him for being what he is, an unprofessional, dishonest, left-wing, basement-rated failure. Nobody's watching his show. If CNN fires Don Lemon, then CNN will have to fire everybody for those reasons. So CNN is instead trying to smear him as a misogynist, and he may very well be a woman hater i don't know a lot of i'm told by that a lot of gay men don't really like women i don't know if that look i'm not a gay man i don't know but nothing in this shameless and transparent hit piece proves anything other than what we already know cnn is fiery garbage it's a pile of fake news awful human beings work there and they all appear to lie for a living yeah but for whatever it's worth i do hope they fire don lemon then again i don't watch anyway so who cares This is Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness on KPRC 950, Houston.
0: Chicago, Chicago, that toddlin' town. Chicago, Chicago, I will
1: show you around. Chicago! It's a big city, not unlike Houston, but unlike Houston, they've got two baseball teams, right? And one of the teams has a fan base that doesn't even want you to like them. Have you ever met a White Sox fan before? Normally, when you meet a baseball fan, they want you to like their team. White Sox fans don't want you to be a White Sox fan. Unless you live in a very specific part of the city, you're not allowed to like the White Sox. It's the weirdest thing. The South Side of Chicago is an odd place. It's a bit of a failed state. I. I've spent some time in Chicago, as many of you know. I grew up about an hour outside of the city and, and spent my 20s working for a radio personality in the city called Mankow. Mankow a great guy, and he and I both did something very similar. We got the out of Chicago as soon as we could. Of course, he lives up in the north suburbs now. I live in an entirely different state. I, no offense, Mankow. I think I made the smarter choice there. Look at what's going on in Chicago today. They just had a mayoral election, and some people were very excited that Lori Lightfoot did not reach the runoff. She was not one of the two candidates you could choose from in the final election there. It was two other people, and the victor in this whole thing is a guy named Brandon Johnson. Well, to quote The Who, here is the new boss, same as the old boss, or or worse. People thought they were getting an upgrade from Lori Lightfoot. Is it possible... They've picked somebody that's actually far worse uh, Jim nels is on hold right now he's uh, a conservative activist a deep thinker a, a former naval officer attended college at the NROTC on a scholarship has a bachelor's degree from Northwestern University in economics that's the uh it's sort of an uh, Ivy League level college from up in the the Evanston area there and he studied French as well which means Jim you're probably very good at surrendering and that's exactly what a lot of conservatives, in Chicago have to do now that Brandon Johnson is your mayor. True or false?
0: You had to get the French thing in there, didn't you? I'm but sorry. It's, no, a, it's it's
1: written in your bio. I didn't put it there. <laughs> <laughs> not, it's not fair. It's not fair. But still, look, uh, Jim, you know, you're a friend of the show. We've we've had you on before. You seem like a bright guy. You make a lot of uh, – you're very good at predicting things. What's Brandon Johnson going to be like? In, I mean, on a national level, Lori Lightfoot was considered to be easily one of the worst mayors, but now – everything's different
0: oh I I think the person that's celebrating the most today is Lori Lightfoot because she's now no longer going to be the worst mayor in Chicago's history Uh, Brandon Johnson's going to be a disaster he's already claimed he wants to defund the police by a hundred million dollars he wants to raise taxes on people who you know live in the city and contribute to the city which is then going to drive more and more people out of the city Illinois already leads the midwest in in uh states that are having people flee so now they're just going to make it happen even more more aggressively it's 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 a shame and um not that i was a big fan of Vallas, but Vallas was a lot better than uh, brandon johnson
1: how could you right exactly we're dealing with the same thing in houston right now our our mayoral election is just getting kicked off and there's two candidates one of them is whitmire i don't know if you know anything about him but he's um a moderate democrat very popular with the local business scene here, and then the other one is Sheila Jackson Lee. Does this sound does this sound a little bit like oh. the problem you are having?
0: Do you want to get me going on Sheila Jackson Lee? Oh, oh
1: no, I mean, believe me, we all think <laughs> she's terrible. But let's talk more about Brandon Johnson. My understanding is he has a very close relationship with Randy Weingarten, the uh, national. Teachers union president, I, I guess any hopes that people had of ever getting school choice or just simply getting critical race theory and the the pronoun politics out of local public schools, that's gone now, right?
0: Correct. And it was uh, Weingarten and her union that got him elected. Um, you know, Vallis had the money, but he didn't have the ground gang. And uh, Brandon Johnson just leveraged the unions to go in there, even though um, Vallis had the police union behind him. Uh, Johnson had the teachers union and the teachers union, I guess, outweighed the, the, uh, police union.
1: Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. And it's, it, I mean, it's so hard to be a cop in Chicago. You got to feel for these guys. We're, we're not, you know, we're at the other end of the country from you guys, Jim, but your crime news makes national news all the time, which is amazing to me. Cause when I go home and visit my mom who lives out in the suburbs way, the, the North, North suburbs of Chicago, you know, you see local news. The weirdest thing about the local news in Chicago is is that they'll, their top story of the day will be that there was a hit and run in a residential neighborhood. They won't even talk about how there was gun violence all night down on the South Side. Doesn't it feel weird to have your... I, I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes. I was there watching the news in Chicago, and they were not talking about the, the multiple shootings that took place in a 24-hour period. But they would talk about these much lesser news stories, and it seems strange to get gaslit by your local media on such a regular basis. I mean, people must notice this.
0: Well, let's think about this for a second. Almost all of the crime in Chicago happens in two neighborhoods, one on the west side, one on the south side. Austin,
1: right, and then the the south side's a failed state, basically. Right, but it's people
0: of color, and no one cared. And for the longest time, it was all about, if you guys want to kill each other, stay in your sandbox and kill each other all you want. We won't do anything about it. But since crime has started to migrate into Michigan Avenue up to the north avenue beach area now we care about crime but until then no one cared in chicago because it was just people of color killing people of color
1: so that's it now the tough on crime opponent's done your new guy is uh, soft on crime what he's going to empty the jails i mean it's difficult to imagine this person is farther to the left than lori lightfoot but that's exactly this seems to be the case i mean when you when you when you put their policies side by side Lori Lightfoot seems reasonable by comparison, and I can't even believe I just said that out loud.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And here's the other part that's so bad is he's going to empty the jails at the same time that the governor is taking away guns from law-abiding gun owners. So think about that. We're going to empty the jails while we're disarming law-abiding gun owners.
1: Okay, he that's says insane. he says one of his plans in Chicago is to raise taxes. Now, Chicago, I think, is the only big city in the top twenty that's losing residents. Ble- like just bleed people can't leave Chicago fast enough either to go to the suburbs or just moving to other states, places like Florida and Texas, not surprisingly. what happens there now with with higher taxes, the cost of living goes up while wages go down. people leave. It's hard to imagine that's the reality, but the very controversial tax proposals, uh, that he's put into place here seem to seem to indicate that's exactly what's going to happen.
0: No, the cost of living is going to go up and we're going to see more and more people flee the city and and the state. And, you know, right now, Michigan Avenue has a 30 percent occupancy rate right now because 30 percent of the stores have closed their doors. And these aren't like mom and pop stores. These are right. flagship stores for, for major companies. And they've just said we're not going to deal with it anymore. If you walk down Michigan Avenue on a on a Friday or Saturday night, you have a police car every other block sitting there with their lights on, just waiting for something to happen. That's not the city I grew up in.
1: Unbelievable, and it's dude.
0: Only, it's only going to get worse.
1: OK, so apparently he wants to let illegal immigrants vote in local elections, including school board elections. I don't know. Call me crazy here. But if his base of his core supporters are are inner city, working class black people, doesn't that kind of piss them off? I mean, doesn't this bother people or they're just completely fine with that?
0: Well, this is why I'm so upset with the Republican Party in in Chicago and in Illinois, is that we could have won this election. All we needed to do was to have a ground game and talk to people.
1: These, These parents on the
0: south side and on the west side. They don't care about CRT. They don't care about all that other stuff. They care about their children being killed on the way home from school. And if we had put a candidate up that would have talked about that, we could have actually retaken the city for the first time in over a hundred years.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. This. It's hard to imagine that uh, abortion was one of the principal uh, components of his policy positions. Do people in Chicago have a hard time getting an abortion? I mean, why, why was that something that he spent a lot of time campaigning on?
0: I have no idea. Um, you can go basically to any street corner here and get an abortion in Chicago. <laughs> it's really, really sad how that works.
1: And then another important policy of his was to end the misgendering and official records. Again, where's the Republican Party? How could anybody care? If there's a government document somewhere that describes a shim as a he or a, a they as a her, how could that possibly have been a principal component of this guy's pile? Pay- and yet now he's the mayor.
0: And, and yet I'm very upset with you because you misgendered me because I transitioned during this conversation. Oh, my so. bad. I'm
1: so sorry, Jim. <laughs> I'm sorry to they or her or whatever. Jim Nels, you are a, you're a deep thinker in a city full of people that don't think deeply. Uh, tell me what happens next.
0: Um, I think the city is going to be in turmoil is what's going to happen next. We're going to have a a mayor who only cares about playing to the left-wing pundits. Uh, He's going to be an Alvin Bragg type of person, and it's going to be terrible. And sadly, we're going to be wishing for the days of Lori Lightfoot.
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys have Kim Fox, right? She's the Alvin Bragg equivalent of chicago i it's hard to imagine weaponizing our judicial system more than we already have but that's exactly what she did she's the same person that gave jesse smollett and r kelly a pass supposedly because they're friends with the obamas do you imagine that in 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 chicago we're going to start to see what we're seeing in new york city where these liberal prosecutors are going to start going after republicans for vague gray area crimes like we just witnessed this week
0: oh absolutely i mean you know alvin bragg is a guy in New York that downgraded 52% of felonies to misdemeanors. The, the Trump charges are the only ones that I can find research on that he's actually upgraded. Kim Fox is right behind them. What I would like to see is Republican district attorneys start to do the same thing. Start charging Democrats with the same crimes they're charging Republicans for. We, Jim- can, we can play tit for tat with them very easily.
1: Jim Nels, conservative activist, deep thinker from Chicago. Like I explained, he makes a lot of predictions quite accurately in a city full of people that refuse to look into the short term or or far term of our future. Jim, anything you'd like our listeners to go take a look at today?
0: Uh, I would love to look look at my uh, my writings at the Washington Examiner, also um, at the National Pulse. And you can find me on Twitter at Jim6555.
1: Absolutely. Jim6555 on Twitter. Jim, come back soon. We appreciate your time, brother. I
0: really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
1: Kenny has always thought the best things in life are free. Free plus tax, of course. Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness. We'll get back to your voicemails in just a little bit. Your voicemails. We'll be listening to them very soon using the iHeartRadio app. Stick around for that. But first, Easter is coming up. I'm a I'm a Catholic. I'm a good Christian boy. I love me some Jesus. I love me some Mother Mary. I, I like going to church. I like God. I think that's all good stuff. But, you know, for the record, some of the stuff we do on Easter doesn't really have anything to do with the Bible. A painting Easter eggs, for example. With skyrocketing egg prices, one of the leading spud promoters, P- Potato USA, has suggested a new Easter tradition of painting potatoes instead. One mom was quoted as saying it's really fun. Do you, do you believe that? This Easter, we'll be missing some eggs. So the Easter bunny wants you to paint potatoes and hide the potatoes in your yard. They want us to paint potatoes instead. The Easter battle's just begun. So expensive. The eggs are gone and the potatoes. Have- one. No more Easter eggs. You the taters and it starts. Whether you like it or not. Like it or not. No more Easter eggs for you to break apart. Sunday, spotty Sunday. Sunday. Easter, spotty Sunday. Hmm. Okay. So... <laughs> That was pointless and stupid, and yet I really enjoyed it. I hope you guys did as well. Hey, download the iHeartRadio app right now. Push the talkback feature, and you can leave me a voicemail message. Let's get caught up on some of your messages. Hey, Kenny.
0: Paul here. Hey, Paul. Paul Joseph Watson reported on how ChatGPT cannot write a sonnet about white people. When asked, the reply in part still reads... As an AI language model, I cannot fulfill the request. Writing a sonnet in praise of a particular race, ethnicity, or group goes against the principles of inclusivity, equality, and diversity. But it can
1: write a sonnet about black people or Japanese. It can even write a sonnet about Europeans, which is kind of puzzling, yes? It's the same Mm, thing, yeah. No, absolutely. We've talked about this a lot on the show. Artificial intelligence is broken, it's uh, it's biased. Of course, it is. It's as biased as the people that's that program this stuff. We did a deep dive. I think it was last week on the show where I spoke for about an hour about all the money our federal government is spending buying artificial intelligence software from the from the business from the free market from companies that develop this stuff for marketing purposes. You know, co- companies go out and spend lots of money on researching. What you buy, what kind of deodorant you're interested in, what what kind of tires you like putting on your car, what kind of car you drive, things like that. And they can actually figure out what tastes, what things you're interested in by having artificial intelligence scour the Internet, read social media websites, message boards they can learn a lot well wouldn't it be interesting if the federal government could use that same software to censor you and that's exactly what the pentagon's doing now as paul just pointed out if that software is biased if it has if it's if it's racially biased or politically biased then isn't it kind of disturbing to think that the pentagon's going to use it to figure out what you should and shouldn't be saying to try to squash rumors or malinformation or misinformation or disinformation it's terrifying. Elon Musk recently called for a pause on artificial intelligence. He said, stop developing it for just a minute so we could figure out what's ethically okay, so we could determine in the industry, you know, ethics of, de- of developing AI. And nobody's listening to him, of course. Uh, why would they? But, you know, for, for the record, Elon Musk uses artificial intelligence in his, in his vehicles and his spacecraft. So th- the fact that this stuff's already being implemented on such a large scale— in commerce, in the free market, shows you that it's not going to slow down anytime soon. These tech companies have uh, quotas that they need to reach. They have deadlines when they need to have this stuff finished by. They're not going to stop and ask questions about ethics right now. It's already moving too quickly. And to anybody out there that's ever seen a dystopian science fiction film about robots that murder us, well, I think we all see where this is heading. But probably not tomorrow. We'll have at least a few more years before we have to bow down to our robot overlords, Right.
0: Green Beans guys, you've entirely missed the point of the Hawkeyes going to the White House. When the Bidens lost, they got to go to the White House.
1: Oh, okay, so we talked about, we, I think we said that on the morning show today. I don't know when you left us that voicemail, but Joe Biden wanted the Hawkeyes to go to the White House even though they lost, and it was a bunch of white girls, and some people thought that was racist, and can we stop pretending like women's basketball matters? Do you ever think that Zelensky and Putin are actually working together to help reduce the armament of the u.s and and, and uh, europe sure seems like it because we're all running out of weapons hey you know it's an interesting theory and i hate to write it off but no i don't think so i think Zelensky and putin are nemesis is I, I i think that this is an occam's razor situation these are two corrupt governments and they want to decide who's going to control one of the most financially, one of the most uh, uh, easily monetized cities in the region. Kiev is a very profitable place. Lots of business is done there. Lots of money moves through that city. That's a profitable city in Eastern Europe, just like Moscow is. Most of Eastern Europe is very poor. But there's a big city in Kiev where a lot of money, uh, billionaires go to do business. Western white-collar criminals go to commit their crimes. And that place is Kiev. And Zelensky wants to be the coke-addicted, oligarchy dictator in charge of it. And Putin wants to, you know, ride a bear and have sex with his contortionist gymnast girlfriend in Kiev. What, whatever. That, my point is, they're both bad guys. And no, I don't think, I, I don't mean to dismiss your theory. I just don't really see the evidence to it. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. That's me. Everything you say frightens and confuses me. I know. I have the same problem. Imagine how my wife feels.
0: Kenny, yeah. working from home is a lot better than the office i as like a client person saw people watching movies walking through the office about 50 percent of the people are doing work so working from home isn't going to disturb that it's the new reality oh and dr fauci called and he said hey <laughs>
1: thank you no i get it and we've talked about this on the morning show today in some cases working remotely is probably better in some cases, but for most in, for most jobs, your, your employer doesn't like that you're never there. Why would he? Imagine you're the boss, right? Okay, not all jobs are the same. Someone's programming software code or something. He might be able to get just as much work done alone as he does when he comes to the office. But your boss wants to see you. And when, and when you know what hits the fan, when there's a problem at work 10 minutes before office hours are about to end, work-from-home guy is not there to solve the boss's problems. I, I still – the people getting laid off right now in Silicon Valley and Wall Street, anywhere where they're doing layoffs, BuzzFeed, Walmart, you name it, it's work from home, guy. Don't be shocked.
0: The world is watching our government of sociopaths destroy the nation. Allies and enemies have studied the data released by Assange, Snowden, and Manning that was suppressed here. They know D.C. can't be trusted about anything. New alliances are forming. Even Africa and India are rejecting us. Social decay and immorality are fodder for Putin and Xi's rhetoric against us. Trump and Assange are not being persecuted for telling lies, but the truth. Roger
1: you nailed it. Absolutely. It's 100 percent true. You know, Edward Snowden and I may not agree on every political issue, same with Julian Assange. But what those guys did is they exposed corrupt globalists and they, they showed information that both people on the left and the right didn't want you to see. And that's part of the reason why they're being vilified now. It's the reason why Edward Snowden had to go hide in Russia and Julian Assange is rotting in a cell somewhere. And most people forgot he's even there. Hey, guys, I'm going to need you to stop ripping on Canadians because one of my favorite YouTubers is from Canada. Check out the Hacksmith on YouTube.com. Thank you. And he's a Canadian? No, I'm sorry, buddy. Nope, nope, no Canadians. Sorry. No Canadians. Hey, before we go, I love a little good news. Ryan Roberts is a ceramics teacher in Hawaii. He was driving home from work when he saw a 100-year-old woman choking in the middle of the highway. So Roberts got out of his car performed the Heimlich maneuver. He saved her. Here he is breaking down what happened.
0: What is this lady doing being in the middle of the road? She's going to get hurt. As we passed her the side mirror, I was watching her. I was like, the lady is hurt. And got her kind of out of the car and she she was in the door jam. I got my arms kind of around her and and just started kind of giving it to her. Just hope she's okay. It was really cool for my boys to, to see that. It was neat. Proud dad moment.
1: There is your, uh, as John Stewart used to say, moment of Zen for the day. I like a little good news, don't you? There's a, the media is so negative, especially talk radio. I, I know we are. It's all bad news, and us giving our, uh, you know, our, our our narcissistic opinions of what to do about the world's problems. But I just like to remind you, it's not all bad out there. I love you all. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Please drive safe. Please support our sponsors and uh, come back tomorrow for more Walton and Johnson and Pursuit of Happiness Radio. Ooh, ah, ooh. Listening to the Pursuit of Happiness Radio Tell the government to kiss your ass when you listen to this show